Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come in your presence, Father, to learn what you have to say, to share what we've learned, and pass along to others. Father, I pray right now that we would give good fruit out, that we would be able to minister to those who are hurting, to be able to shed some light based on what we've experienced from you. Father, you're the only one that has all the answers. You're the only one that has all the truth. And yet you trust us to pass along what you share, Father. And I just pray right now that the verses would be the catalyst for people, that they would pursue you through the reading of those verses to gain insight to what you have to say to them directly. Father, your word is alive. And it's meant to be digested the way a person thinks about art, the way the person thinks about science, the way the person thinks about anything with full engagement of every mental faculty to use imagination to explore the word of God and to test it out, to see how it holds strong and to be able to share that, not just keep it for themselves, but to be able to share that, Father. We pray that you would send forth your harvesters, that at this time they would be able to feed the hungry. Father, that there would be many who would pursue you now. We thank you for the opportunity to have some small part in that. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. A big welcome to all of you guys that have been uh, joining us as of late. Um, happy to have you along. Uh, if you guys are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Also, for all the links for all the things, to find out how you can support the ministry, how you can join our Discord server to be able to engage with other believers, with the community, um, you can check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. A quick note as we get started here. Praise God for the wonderful things that are happening in India right now. And praise God for our brothers and sisters over in India that had the opportunity on July 3rd to celebrate their first Christian day in the establishment of the Indian Christian Day. There is a declaration that that has been made signifying the observation of St. Thomas Day. So know, brothers and sisters, that our prayers are with you. May the Lord guide your steps and bless your efforts. I'm going to start off with, this is an, a topic that has morphed for me. And it's common that, you know, it's a common, based on a common verse or a popular verse that people have spoken about at length. And 
I don't know if this is something that's going to be new, but I'm going to build, I'm going to read the verse and then I'm going to build upon the thought of it and what I'm intending um, to hopefully engage everyone with the whole concept that they've stopped being just a physical being. They are a supernatural being that's indwelt by God as a believer. For every believer, the, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, indwells them as we can see from many different verses and that causes a difference in the whole entirety of the person's being and by that i mean there's like a melding you get the spirit that god has intended to you you are inheriting everything that he's given to you over as a son of god so there is a special kind of relationship you have with the father that calls your whole body to be engaged with him and whole body i'm talking physical the mind the heart the strength so all those things now are engaged and wrapped up by being indwelt and it's no longer just a person walking down the street who has a finite limitation um but you have the opportunity to affect eternity for his honor and his glory, for his kingdom. And so the verse that I go on and read is one that you might have heard many times. And it's uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 9 through 20. Do not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So we can see that Paul is calling attention to something that most people would not think about. Honoring God with their bodies. And I think there's a supernatural aspect to that. Um, and we, I've, I've touched on it in previous episodes. But I wanted to touch at it length. I think... and. I think for most people, they tend to think of themselves as just a person living life, trying to do the best they can, um, praying as best they can, but never the supernatural powerhouse that God intended you to be because you're indwelt, because there are things that are going on that if we read scripture and we say, okay, if that is true, then how is my life meeting that? And that, it's a challenge, I tell you, right now, I'm, I'm teaching something that I'm just learning. And I would say I'm not fully equipped to teach at the level that it feels like I'm getting an understanding. And I, I'm, I want to touch on the point of temples. Joe, you mentioned temples before we started, and I think this is really a good idea. Did you want to give context on it? I've talked about before how it really was illuminating for me as a Christian to start at Genesis and work my way through the entirety of the Bible from cover to cover. And no, not every single instance of reading the Bible is going to look identical to that, but it was really important for me to be able to be to be able to gain the perspective of what life before Christ before Christianity looked like. And we see all of these 
explanations and instances, especially in the first five books of the Bible, with this whole process that it took to be able to go into the temple, to be able to go into the presence of God. And it's easy when you're in the throes of reading it to be like, okay, why? Why do we need to know the color of everything? Why do we need to know what everything is made out of? But taking all of that and understanding what was required of the people at that time provides a conceptualization of the importance of what happens with or what happened rather with with Jesus and with the indwelling of Holy Spirit we know that God cannot be in the presence of impurity and so you see all of these references to impurity you are ritually impure you need to do x y and z in order to purify yourself you need to have these sacrifices in order to do this and the power becomes in understanding all of that that we have at this stage in our lives to be living in the age that we are we can see now that we don't have to go to a temple we don't have to go to a physical location and do all of these things in order to be able to enter into the presence of God. As people, we have the supernatural ability to be able to do that. That's right. Um, the interesting thought that came out of what you were sharing was that the first temple was for... Moses and the the Israelites that came out of Exodus, they would tear down and build it up as they changed locations. And it was for the purpose of carrying the presence of God with them. Right. Um, and so now we had the second temple that was built by Solomon, also for the presence of God to dwell among his people. The th There's going to be a third temple, but I would say God's desire is to indwell us, to be with us, to make us what he, what, what existed before the fall, if I can say that. And I think there is a difference. We are a new creation. Adam and Eve were not indwelt by God. We are indwelt by God. So we're even at a different place than Adam and Eve before the fall. And that merits a special thing. And I like what you talked about, the purity. The holiness of God requires um a person to i don't want to say the absence of sin but not to be engaging or desiring sin over god um and these are some of the challenges that we have i'm a patterns guy i know i will notice a pattern if i see it it will pop out to me and i've noticed that these these figures that we see that that tend to get celebrated in the bible the these these strong godly people there's a phrase that you see pop up that they were filled with the spirit and you see that there is this more to use to use common phrases that we use on the show there is this level of intimacy and transparency between creator and created in these instances of these people that you see to be 
filled with God's spirit. So, so to piggyback off of what you're saying, it would seem like if you read through the full context of what God has given us in the Bible, that it becomes clear that that level of indwelling, that level of transparency and intimacy and connection is exactly what God is looking for. Yes, yes. And I'm going to try to put a picture to what you said. If we are intimate with God, we become conscious of when we do a slight wrong. And I mentioned that the easier things to get rid of as a Christian are the um, external expressions of sin, adultery, and you know all these other things. They they start to fall off, cursing, and all. But the internal ones, the internal expressions, where you have anger and you want to say something. Um, where you are expressing um, bitterness and unforgiveness, those things can wind up um, getting in between you and the Lord. So how do you deal with that? Uh, hopefully that'll become clearer as we come uh, go through. The, the one of the things that I wanted to talk about is as a physical temple of God, and we're gonna break this up to different parts of the body, the heart, the mouth, the eyes and ears. So we're going to just, and there's going to be more after that. But looking at the heart as a, I want to say, oh, Joe, I have a quick question for you. Can you tell, can you, can you, in a, in a short summary, what an access point is? Because I, I'm hoping this is a picture for some people and it may not be a great picture, but I'll, I'm going to use that. So in bare bones terms, an access point is a device used to gain access to um, a network of connected devices, typically done for work or something along those lines. See, this is a picture that I, I would like to say is that we become an access point for the kingdom of God to go out in the earth. And that means that people would gain access to understanding God by us living it in a holy and pure way. Um, and that doesn't mean you're arrogant. That doesn't mean you're legalistic. That doesn't mean, it means you're Christ-like. And you're going to give of yourself living water to let it flow out and that you will be able to impact. So this whole idea of an access point um, we're going to probably start off with the heart. I want to be able to express that God's. this is a relationship thing. This is not a formula thing. It will be messy. You know, let it be messy as you learn. It doesn't have to be about perfection. It does have to be authentic, though. And Psalm 20, verse 4 the verse says, may he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. In verse Psalm 51, 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 119, verse 10, with my whole heart, I seek you out. Let me not wander from your commandments. So there is a unity for all these verses and if you take one, like the first one says, 
you might think that it's all about you getting what you want or a prosperity verse or anything like that where the focus is on you but it says may he god grant you the desires of your heart and as you go into the other verses and as you go into scripture the holistic scripture it talks about a union with god and intimacy with god creating me a clean heart so if i disparage somebody do i have a clean heart if i go ahead and withhold generosity from somebody is that a clean heart see one of the things that i'm challenged with is and we've talked this on the show uh, as an example if you give to somebody who's homeless i've been taught in churches don't give because they'll just go out and drink um you know go buy them food um, and we've actually did that for one person they said oh we can't accept food from you the the law doesn't allow us and there may be some legitimacy to that because people could be um mean and put something in the food that's um not good for them and and we've seen um there was a TikTok where somebody replaced the cream in an oreo with toothpaste so people can be mean and you would think nobody would be that cruel but yeah they can be cruel so i understand that that could be a legitimate thing so if i give money to someone i give them with a message and i said you know this is money that i believe god wants you to have what you do with it is up to you but i want you to know that god sees you and he loves you and simple as that you know whatever works for you maybe you don't do it but that's what i would do and that keeps me from holding back because I don't have to create a result for them. I don't have to expect them to behave in a certain way. Just let them know and let God take it from there. With the heart, we know that a lot of us identify the heart with who the real person is. Maybe more so than the mind, and we're going to get to the mind later. But the heart, in essence, is almost like the personality you would think of of a person. So what is our personality how does that become an access point for god if we are a person who darkens a room by entering it um there's a i read one time that the kids would go away about five o'clock they'd go to their rooms and the wife would become a little bit depressed and it was because the father the husband was arriving at that time so they picked up the ritual um he wants to be left alone when he gets home he wants to be able to just sit down relax and not have anything bother him because he's had a hard day at work and that takes a toll on the people around you so the the access point here the the personality the heart can be something that god uses as much as the the kingdom of hell would use we know that satan will use people but we know that god wants to use people too and he wants to use people so how do how do we change that how do we become aware of that proverbs 3 3 6 says never let loyalty and kindness leave you tie them around your neck as a reminder write them deep within your heart then you will find favor with god and people 
and you will learn a good excuse me you will earn a good reputation trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding and seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take so this for me is telling me that my personality has a big thing my heart has a big play in advancing the kingdom of god you know where you get a good reputation that you know that really says that people will come to you and speak to you but the one thing i think i want to drive deeper is what does that say with god you know this whole aspect of displaying what's in essence the fruit of the spirit when you do that there is the benefit of being in favor with god and that's a blessed life that is a life that um is yielded to god we we struggle we struggle um and i think heart issues are a big problem and i think it affects sometimes the physical heart when we are weighed down when we're depressed we release chemicals in our body that causes issues um you know with heart disease um i've gone through it and i know it's a major thing in a lot of americans it's a big problem uh probably all over the world um so what do we do about this the more intimate we grow the the more we see ourselves as destined as supernatural people and we don't hold back from god but we come in a line the more we are able to move forward in the fruit of the spirit one of which is peace one of which is when it heads into trials is long suffering one of which is when you meet people that are very difficult is love or when you hit a point of depression joy the word of god is there for a reason it's to guide us but it is to bring life in us as well so there are opportunities for us to become supernatural extensions of heaven on the earth the one thing that i would love for this episode is for you not to feel powerless but that you would feel that god is backing you up in his power in his name we know his name has great power and so we wind up thinking about how does how do i step out how do i not react the way i do how do i get my family to say you know what dad's coming home or my husband's coming home or my wife is coming home and get a a response of excitement from them the more we take on that dwelling place of being intimately and i want to say impurity or in holiness vessels of god indwelt in us the more we understand that the more it should change our behavior or our mindset and be able to bring forth what the bible calls good medicine not only for us but for those around us uh, proverbs 17:22 says a cheerful heart is good medicine but a broken spirit saps a perfect strength so we we need 
to do something if our personalities are not in alignment with what God has intended for a temple to have. So that we can be that supernatural offering, that supernatural vehicle, that supernatural access point for those around us. We benefit from that. I love the way that you put it, that we are we are supernatural extensions, that there is, if the Bible is to be taken at its fullest extent, then this goes beyond just a works-based sort of thing. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people have heard this uh, topic under the precepts of some kind of you need to do this better you need to act in this kind of way what have you and that can look like food related things that could look like medicine related things that could look a lot of different ways but i think if that's where you stop at this you're missing the bigger picture you know uh, this this verse is not about tattoos or hair dye or fast food. This this is about a supernatural connection that we have with God. And as we go through each one of these body parts, for lack of a better phrase, each one of these sections where we see very tangible um, examples of the interaction with you know, the the kingdom and the different parts of our body and the different things we can be doing and stuff like that, you start to see, again, a pattern take place of the Bible talking about how when we engage in these things, with it, be it the heart, be it the mind, be it the hands, be it the feet, the eyes, whatever, that is the temple of God interacting with that and that is we are called to keep that pure and to surrender that and that is where i think a lot of where the rubber meets the road with something like this is when you are surrendering these things to god and you are surrendering yourself to god and serving him with these that those things that you're talking about the fruit of the spirit these manifestations will come about naturally this isn't a guide to um all of the things that you shouldn't be doing this is a guide on how to actually live in this in this life and on this earth yes that i think that was probably the good summation of all that i shared um and I like the phrase, think of it as the temple of God, the heart as a temple of God. I don't have to tell a person how they should behave if I say, think of your heart as a temple of God. That is something they know innately. Um, the Bible says that the, the law is written on our hearts. And so we know right from wrong. We know. So when I... I think of my heart as a temple and I know right now what I'm holding in my heart is unforgiveness. I've defiled my temple. I've defiled it. You know, it's, it's not that I've, Oh, Oh, had a bad thought or I've defiled it. Lord, I repent 
for defiling your temple, my, which is my heart, fa Father. For instead of hosting your presence, I prefer to dwell on unforgiveness and vengeance and whatever else comes with that mix. Because, you know, it's it's a complicated emotional tie sometimes to things that have occurred in our past. But when we realize that God has indwelt us and we're looking at him as a temple of, and our heart's a temple, we realize that we're, we're doing something we're doing something that is against God. It's against his holiness. And we realize it makes, well, I should say, it makes me realize that I don't want that. I really don't. And I don't want to pick up. And the more I go through this cycle of going, and Joe, you talked about patterns. The more you realize it, the more you can head it off earlier. So when you see yourself getting unforgiveness, oh, Father, I just give you that. Forgive me for my... Holding, beginning to hold unforgiveness, holding unforgiveness, however you want to phrase it. I mean, your prayers, God understands them. You put them however you want and just give it to him. And there's a change that does occur because you're becoming more Christ-like. That's the whole goal, Joe and I, one out of the podcast is that people have an intimate relationship with God where they are so in tune with him, they know when they're out of step and then they can come back in tune with him. That's a goal for every Christian. I don't know if that's something that's taught um, because we do get a lot of instructional sermons and not as much as I want to say transformational sermons. Um, and that might be a little bit of a judgment and I don't mean it to be that way, but a lot of times examples are not given how you love God, uh, how a pastor loves God or how people love God. Um, they're told do these things or act this way don't do these things and that doesn't really translate very well with how's your heart before god so that's probably one of the key things and i want to shine a light on um something that you had said edgar uh, a couple episodes back of a practice that you had talked about uh, when you're in that moment and you want to sin whatever the sin is bringing God into that moment and talking to him about it. Okay, God, I want to sin. I want to do this. And for some people, that might seem a bit um, abrasive. That might seem um, a little weird. But what you're doing is you're coming before the Father and saying, this is the condition of my heart right now. This is where my mind is at right now. And you are going to them like you would go to, you know, Lord willing, if you had that kind of relationship, your earthly mother or father. Yeah, that's a great point. And the thing is, people might feel like that's wrong, but was just said, you shouldn't be telling God what you're going to. If you don't tell God and you're going to do it, it's not like he doesn't know. Okay. Right now, you're coming in there, and it's actually a cry for help. And it's saying, God, I'm going to do this sin. This is what I want to get out of it. You know, drugs might be, you know, I don't want to feel the pain of work. I, I want to escape. You know, alcohol is the same way. You know, a lot of things are the same way. People just use different things to do that. And it allows you to become receptive to God's already delivered a message to you or giving you hope or giving you something already because he's that good and the more you do this practice 
and you go on sinning, the more you do this, the more you realize, I don't want to keep doing this. And it begins to wean you off of the need to fulfill an emptiness with the ways of the world. And you start turning towards God. I know it sounds counter. Um, I know that it was useful in my life. It got me to a certain point. And, and then God leads you to a, another aspect of your life that you'll work on. Believe me, there are plenty of things in a person's life. It, I don't know if anyone can say they'll fully arrive this side of heaven. Um, As we discuss these different aspects of the spirit, we're taught, especially when we were walking through Colossians, we gave a lot of examples of how some of this stuff works in our lives. And if you didn't catch that series, a big part of what we said, a giant asterisk on that is, again, when we give this particular example, this is, this is through the lens of how it looked for Edgar. How it looks for you is going to look totally different. You know, there might be similar themes or whatever, but remember that we can't try and translate exactly what was done or said for somebody else onto our lives. That's where you start to uh, run into issues. Right. Yes, this is not a one-size-fits-all. Right. It is a one blood, <laughs> one faith, one baptism. But what, how we do something is not a formula. And, and Joe will probably agree with this statement. Is sometimes it takes a long time in understanding yourself and understanding God to find the thing that is going to work. And it's almost like a trial and error. If you're surrounded by a group of believers who, who get this, you are in fertile ground. If you're surrounded by a group of believers that think you're just not trying hard enough, that's going to be a rocky road to travel. And I'm not saying them or not. It's up to you. But go with what God tells you. Now, you can be an example to the rocky ground by the transformation. I used to be known as a person who didn't smile, had a furrow, had a frown. Um, and then when I got intimate with the Lord, that naturally changed. I didn't, oh, I've got a smile. You know, <laughs> so God does the outward. He rewards you. If you do it in secret, he rewards you in the open. So people saw this smile expression. To me, that's a reward. You know, people saw me differently, saw me change, saw me as not the angry person. And believe me, it's very easy to be angry in the world. Um, and speaking of that, so the next topic is the mouth. And the mouth is an interesting one for, for me um, because the mouth is where we communicate. So what are we putting out to the people around us? What are we doing that's would be defiling the temple you know most people would say cursing uh well what about saying negative things to a person that's not cursing like for example um you really are i want to say dumb uh you really are not trying hard enough or you never complete anything in your life 
You're speaking things to a person that hits them hard. And, you know, we don't know what hits people hard. We are not taking care of our words. The Bible tries to tell us to be careful about that. Uh, Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. It's interesting that it says door in the ESV. And it's also in the King James. In Proverbs, it says, The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. Part of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for a lack of sense. That's Proverbs 10, 20 through 21. So we can see that by what we say, we can communicate communicate. Excuse me, God's kingdom. You know, if we were to have to deal with something that requires correction, you know, we could choose to say it in a negative way or in a positive way. And how we communicate that can be taken to the next level. If I understand that now I'm a supernatural being, that I am, I personally have access to the kingdom of God, like Ephesians says, and I want to give out life to somebody who, who is trying to learn something but really made a mistake. Let's take a computer thing. Um, accidentally deleted all the files. You know, or maybe yet spilled coffee on your you know you can decide i'm going to be negative you dummy what were you doing drinking around the computer and of course people don't might not say it that way everybody says it their own way or they may try to say positive it's okay um i have a backup but i would prefer you no longer drink around the equipment like that you know, I think kingdom thinking and being a temple, you may take it further. And and this may not be for everybody. And, you know, you do it differently. You may do a different item. Don't take this as your example to do, but say, you know what? These things do happen. You know, I do have a backup. My only concern is that going forward, you learn from this incident because this is an expensive piece of equipment, but I'm fortunate that I can replace it. Not everybody's gonna say that. I'm just throwing it out there because it's coming off the top of my head. Some people cannot replace a computer. Um, but the idea is that you want the individual to somehow be transformed by that incident for good, um, because transformation does happen um, in the negative. And we know this from victims of verbal acute uh, abuse excuse me so what we say carries weight and if we're in tuned with the lord we know that we can express things and mind you, this is at any any whether you're believer on or non-believer we can express things that will crush a person or make them feel like there's hope yeah um in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So, and I take that last part as a neutral um, statement. And those who love it will eat, their, eat its fruit. 
that's from the ESV version. So whether you, you know, like the talk or don't like, there's a, I want to say a consequence, but the result is better. There's a result of what's said. Um, and we've all been around, well, you know what, that person is really easy to speak to. So I hope everyone's had that experience. Um, and I didn't feel judged by that person. Uh, that person encouraged me to do better. And, you know, we want to be, I myself want to be challenged to push forward. I don't want to be challenged um, to dig myself out of a hole, so to speak, of um, beratement. Um, and those are tough places to be. I was recently in it, in, in it and it was hard to get out of. But God has an answer. Um, part of that was, what am I assuming as, what am I speaking to myself? Was I the idiot that I was told I was? God doesn't think I'm that idiot. And he's a good, good person to go to. The hardest thing about this particular aspect of the interaction between body and kingdom, if you will, is... Um, it's because there are good and bad extremes to all of this. On one hand, the Bible says that a measure of a man is how he can take correction, how he can hear from somebody else to say to hear counsel on what he has going on and things like that. And it's it can become a trap to just think that if somebody is correcting you, that oh they're judging me. On the other hand, it's pretty universally accepted in the Christian and secular world that certain phrases, certain words, especially repeated words, can create generational bondage. That's something that even the most secular therapists will admit to what can happen as a result of somebody, especially at a young age, speaking death into your life. We can kind of get lost at this particular topic in just making this a conversation about cursing or just making this a conversation about judgment. And this is not to say, to make light of either one of those things, but when you explore how this particular topic is impactful, you realize that things like cursing are just the tip of the iceberg. Judging a person in a singular sense is just the tip of the iceberg. When you are receptive towards speaking life to somebody, because I think that that is part of it, that we have to be receptive of that because it's a a lot easier sometimes to reach for speaking death over somebody than it is to reach for speaking life over somebody. And we need to be aware of the dynamic nature of that. We need to be aware of how it is our words can affect a person. And, and so these, these words that we speak, they are impactful to other people. So you may be coming at it from the, you know, best of intentions. 
uh, you know, oh, I'm just going to speak life or I'm just going to speak truth into this person's life. Well, and this is something that I'm learning that there is a difference between speaking truth and speaking life. You can be truthful about a person. You know, I had said before about how this this is not a conversation about uh, hair dye, tattoos, or um, or fast food. But, you know, something like fast food is unhealthy because it's unhealthy. But this is way more dynamic than that. Trying to give a person correction over a behavior or tell them that they could have done something better. Well, hey, okay, this is what happened. And here's how we can improve upon this next time. Okay, option B. Why didn't you do that right? What What is wrong with you? Why Why can't you do this stuff right? Or why can't you just figure this out that you're not supposed to do this? Those are two very, very different things. And again, you can have the best of intentions with how you speak to people. But also understand that when you speak to people, when the words come out of your mouth, and again, like Edgar said before, I it's beautiful that you said this before, Edgar, that I this is me speaking on something that I'm just learning. This is not something, these are not pearls of wisdom, wisdom generated over... Uh, years and years of experience. This is something that the Lord has really been opening my eyes up to, especially over the last year plus that I've been married and really since we've been doing this podcast. That the words that you speak, that you put out there, that's a two-way street. That is an exchange between you and another person. And that, that's inclusive of God as well when you're having a conversation with God. That's why we talked about prayer last week about how dynamic it is because that is a conversation piece and interaction, a transaction between you and God. And so being aware of that and how the way that you say things is impactful to another person, be it negative or positive, all of that matters. And... I think, I think it can become a crutch to just fall back on, well, I'm just that type of person that I am just painfully honest. I'm speaking, I'm that person. I'm, this is me. I've said that more times than I care to count. And again, I've, I've stepped into situations saying, look, I'm saying this because this is what, what my knee jerk reaction, best intention, what I feel like needs to be said in this moment. And I could have had that best of intention, but when speaking it, I need to be aware of what the other person's hearing as well. And yes, there is a level of that, of understanding, okay, I need to get outside of myself. You know, if I'm the person listening to something, then maybe I do need to step outside of myself for a second and not just get wrapped up in how I'm feeling about it and try and look at the logic behind everything of, okay, I do need to do this differently. I do need to consider this, those kinds of things. Yes, that is a two-way street, but just because the latter person has a part to play in it doesn't mean that that absolves the former from the responsibility of the words coming out of their mouth. Yes, and there's a verse that goes extremely well with what you just said. Um, do, don't, Ephesians 4.29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And it's funny because one of the rules for writing is 
you write for the reader. So who's the reader? So for clarity, you write to their understanding, not your understanding, because they may not know what you're saying, unless you're writing for yourself. And if I am the temple with my mouth and I am praying, do I pray in a way that's, I'm going to say manipulative, God changed that person because that person is so full of themselves and they're destroying your kingdom because of such and such. And I'm not saying there's no merit to um, what's going on, but the expression is that you are in total awareness of what's going on and you want to bring a judgment on that person. And, you know, we've seen people pray this way. I have prayed this way. I, it's 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 out there it just is out there and what i do it would be if i thought to myself during those i'm a temple this mouth is an access point it's meant to bring forth the kingdom of god how do i bring that kingdom of god to that prayer i would be very careful not to defile the prayer and my mouth by speaking um something wrong in my prayer you know, I might say, Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to learn from this situation. I know that I have done this. I repent of that. And I don't even mention the person. I just close off my prayer of, you know, repenting that I've defiled my mouth before with saying things like that. And I didn't realize. Sometimes we don't realize that we come across the situation because God wants to show what we look like to other people. Um, and so the Bible makes us aware that we have to be careful of that. But I can pray a blessing on that person. Father, fill that person with your love. Let him know how much you care. I know, you know, sometimes we try to put into a situation or rationalize. I'm not a big fan of that. And I, I tend to go there sometimes because that's the way I've been taught. But I don't know if necessarily that's the most effective way for me to pray of giving the person an excuse. And I'll give you an example. There was uh, driving. And while I was driving one time, uh, everybody experienced And now, mind you, I am driving um, the speed limit. And I'm in the right lane because it's uh, And I'm driving the speed limit because it really saves a lot on gas. Um, and someone cuts me off. Well, I can, in my mind, say, oh, they're rushing an emergency or they're um, whatever. So I'm giving an excuse. What I'm doing is I'm creating them in my my mind's image of how I want them to be somebody who's got a, if, um, an emergency to go to or reason for why they drive that way, not because they're careless or reckless. And if they're careless and reckless and driving in a way that endangers people, that's what it is. So I can pray God help that person be aware of what he's doing, you know, that that's dangerous. Um, show the Lord. I don't know how to show them. I, you know, I can't even catch up to them. Um, but I'm not recreating the person so that my mind is at peace. Um, I'm praying and interceding. Now, that may not be where you're at. You don't have to follow that example at all. But I'm just giving an idea of where uh, praying might be altered in a way that for me is not kingdom 
uh, our temple because I'm trying to make something that's false a reality. Um, and these little nuances, I mean, you don't have to get caught up in it, but when you feel like I'm off on something, that could be God's way of saying, you know, be alert to this. This is a route you don't want to get to grow. Um, and I've noticed that in my own life, the mouth really is something that we need to consider when we pray as a temple. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's Ephesians 6, 18. So we're told to pray in a certain manner. And I think this is very good idea of how to pray you know be in the spirit and that's in this translation uh the living new living translation spirit is capitalized well actually in quite a few of them it's capitalized so here is an indwelling kind of call pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion now people say you know am i supposed to be you know kneeling down and praying the whole day is that what god expects and this is a question that is quite popular but there's an attitude of where you're talking to God. And if you've listened to the show for any length, we, we tell you that communicating with the Lord, talking to him, is prayer. So is listening to God, is prayer. So don't limit yourself to a kneeling posture when the word prayer is used. Um, just realize it's you being intimate with the Lord. In wrapping up, we want to convey just that what Edgar just said. Do not limit what you see as it has to look like this in order for it to count. There is a very active nature and a very active tense to each one of these examples. To, to go back to prayer, you can 100% pray against somebody rather than praying for somebody those are two radically different things praying against sin is different than praying against a person so as you take these different things out into the world understand that this is everyday sort of thing we don't need to go to the building in order to communicate with god anymore we need to remember that that it's not about going through all of this process to be able to become pure enough to be in the presence of God, we are indwelt, and that is an everyday sort of thing. When we're doing the dishes, when we're out doing yard work, when we're going to go pick up our kids, when we're laying in bed at night, those are all opportunities and situations, and it doesn't need to look pious and polished. Do not limit yourself into thinking that it has to be a certain kind of way. Otherwise, I'm not going to bother doing it. It's the everyday. It's the dirty. It's the complicated. Because as we said, people are complicated. Life is complicated. Thankfully, we serve a God. Our God is bigger than all of the complicated. Father God, I thank you for... Just the things that were shared, Father, and our own journey, our own, sometimes it feels like we're just beginning, honestly, Father. 
we're learning a whole new thing. It's almost like we transition to a new course and we have to rely on you to guide us through it because it's so new and it feels so uphill. But I thank you that you have our hands and it can be messy as long as we're holding your hands and talking to you and listening to you. You are there and you listen and you care for us and you teach us. Father, I thank you that you indwell us, that we have the immediate access, Father, to you. Father, as we learn about how our temple is to be pure and holy and show people the kingdom of God and express the kingdom of God, that you would allow us to bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk Community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.